What's going on, Football MD fam? Thank you all for tuning in to episode 58 of the Football MD podcast. My name is Michael Bowling. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Daniel Ronan. And today, we are going to be continuing our early fantasy rankings for 2019, continuing right along here with the wide receiver position. If you've missed our last two episodes, be sure to go back and check out our early quarterback and running back rankings. And we've actually decided to split the wide receiver position into two episodes here, just because after the top 12 to 15 guys, there's about 30 players that I would categorize as wide receiver threes with the potential to finish inside the top 24. Some of them have more potential than others, so we wanted to cover as many of those players as possible. So today, we'll be going through our top 15, and next week, we're really just going to try and get through as many of those players as we can without droning on for hours and hours about all of the possible wide receiver threes. And just one more side note here before we jump into the episode, we're we're going to leave Tyreek Hill out of our initial rankings until we get more clarity on his situation. If he does play, he's likely a top five option at the position, but only time will tell if we'll see him on the field in 2019. And we aren't here to discuss the morality of that whole situation. So without further ado, I'll jump right into our rankings here, starting with our consensus. Number one, we both agree on this, DeAndre Hopkins, wide receiver one for 2019. And he just checks all of the boxes, over 150 targets in four straight seasons. Seasons, two seasons with over 110 receptions during that span, three seasons with double-digit touchdowns during that span. We've seen him do it regardless of who the quarterback is or what weapons the Texans have out there on the field with him, and he's missed just one game is in his entire career. I really, I don't know what else you want from your guy. He's the safest at the position. No doubt, and another guy we agree on, just to keep things rolling here, I'll move right into our number two consensus ranked wide receiver, and that's Julio Jones. Julio! And he offers you the same thing that DeAndre Hopkins does, you know, consistency year in and year out. Yes, you would like to see those touchdown numbers a little bit higher. That being said, he's super productive each and every single year, with or without that. He, um, the only wide receiver in NFL history to have multiple 1,600 plus receiving years. He also has the longest and currently running streak of 1,400-plus yard seasons with five. And obviously the skill set on the field, big, strong, fast. He offers you everything you want in a top-tier offense that's going to be throwing a ton. We talked about it a little bit on the quarterback episode that Dirk Cutter really has always had Matt Ryan throw more in his career than any other offense coordinator Matt Ryan's ever played with. He's back in Atlanta, and that means Matt Ryan, you can be expecting him to throw the football even more than he has been of recently. So everything trending in the right direction for Julio Jones. Yeah, and you mentioned the touchdowns, which of course have been an issue with Julio Jones. It took him until week eight to score his first touchdown last season. He still ended the year with eight touchdowns, which is pretty impressive. But I think we saw his floor and ceiling in 2018 because during that span during the first half of the season, he was still the wide receiver nine without any touchdowns. I always talk about touchdown regression coming for players. You don't have to worry about touchdown regression with Julio Jones. We've seen him be a top 10 option without any touchdowns. That's just the difference between though a guy like him and DeAndre Hopkins, who Hopkins is still going to give you the targets, the receptions, the yardage, and I can basically lock him in for double-digit touchdowns every year. But Julio Jones, too, one of the top wide receivers in the game. Nothing more to say about that. Coming in at three and four here, Dan, it looks like you and I have kind of created our own tier. We have these players flip-flopped. I have Devontae Adams at three, and I have Odell Beckham Jr. at four. You have them reversed, but I'll just go with Adams here. I think both of these guys are kind of neck and neck. And 
I just feel like it's every episode. I, or I already spoke about it on this episode with Julio Jones that I'm talking about touchdown regression and how it's inescapable for every player at every position. But I don't know if there's anyone in the NFL that I would trust more to produce double-digit touchdowns at this point than Devontae Adams. His skill set with Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. And I mean, even forget about Aaron Rodgers. We've seen Adams produce double-digit touchdowns in three straight years now. That includes 2017 when Rodgers played just seven games and in 2018 when Rodgers threw just 25 touchdowns. So I don't want to say it's a lock for him to produce double digit touchdowns because touchdown regression is a real thing but if I had to put my money on it that's the guy that's going to do it no and I completely agree like you said three four four three however you really have them lined up but I obviously went with Odell Beckham Jr. I gave him the nod because I do think he is the superior talent I do think Odell Beckham Jr. is up there with you know Julio Jones and DeAndre Hopkins as far as talent is concerned now the question marks surrounding Odell Beckham Jr. are more about the situation, right? Because he is new to Cleveland. As much as we trust the player and, you know, we love Baker. Everyone loves Baker right now. But you still got to wait and see for it to ha- see it to believe it type of thing. So yeah, everything moving, is trending. Exactly. And everything's trending in the right direction. There's really no negative. I mean, like... When we do these top five guys, dude, you're splitting hairs. You yeah. know, is you're really nitpicking down yeah, to the are you details. Be surprised if yeah. Odell Beckham Jr. finishes the wide receiver one? Absolutely, never. Absolutely not. He's one of the most talented and probably the most electric with the ball in his hands after the catch. So Odell Beckham Jr., everything you want. Yes, the situation is a little, you know, new. So you know, we f- tend to fear what the unknown. But I say, be confident. He's going to be a top three fantasy wide receiver, if not uh, at least a top five, because. I also think what's going to bode well for him, we talked about you know all the question marks around him, but what's really going to bode well for him is being with a guy like Baker who's young and you know kind of almost in the same way, like they have a very similar personality that I don't think will clash, that I think will mesh well together, right? They're both so competitive and so passionate about the game of football. They both want to win games and they're going to make a good tandem, no doubt. I'm very confident. Yeah, it'll either be a train wreck or it's going to be great. I feel like there's no middle ground <laughs> with the way the Browns are right You might be right about that. You might be right about that. Moving right on though. Rounding out our top five is Michael Thomas, and Michael Thomas really does kind of combine everything you want in the fact that he's a very talented wide receiver, and obviously he's catching passes from Drew Brees, so you know he's got a good quarterback throwing him the ball, and quite frankly, Michael Thomas in the passing game might be the first and second option. They really don't have like a standout number two option in the wide receiver core. It's more of like uh, Alvin Kamara is the second you know, receiving option in that offense. But as for wide receivers, Michael Thomas is 1A, 1B, and 2. So, you know, like he's the main options in that receiving core. And that's what you want to see. That's why we are so confident in Michael Thomas. Yes, and coming in at number 6 is Juju Smith-Schuster. He finished 2018 as the wide receiver 9. And I think it's fair to give him a reasonable bump with Antonio Brown gone. But what are we really projecting for him here? Juju was 4th in the NFL on targets and 5th in yards last season. Now maybe his 7 touchdowns from last season turned into double digits in 2019. Then we're really talking about a top 5 guy and that is in the realm of possibilities. But he also faced double coverage on just 0.8% of his routes run last year. It definitely helps when you have a guy like Antonio Brown drawing coverage away from you. And I think he's a great player. I have him here at 6. I think he can overcome tougher coverage. But I also don't want to be blinded from the fact that there are some question marks. I've seen some people have him ranked as high highest three and I can't put him there yet we don't know what his production is going to look like without Antonio Brown there it'll be interesting to see if he makes that jump or not yeah and I think he can but you know let's just let's temper expectations a little bit let's pull let's pull him back until we see it happen 
But now, coming in at number seven, I've, we did the same thing on the running back episode. We spoke about Le'Veon Bell and James Conner. Well, coming in at number seven for us is Antonio Brown moving over to Oakland. And this one was t- pretty tough for me because I think it's similar to Odell Beckham's situation where he's moving to a new team. However, on paper, where I think OBJ is moving to a better situation, I can't confidently say the same about Antonio Brown going to play with Derek Carr and the Raiders offense, but I still think he's one of the top wide receivers in football today, if not the best, so I'm kind of expecting the talent to shine through here. That's why he just falls just outside of my top five, but clear top 10 option. No, definitely, and honestly, what bodes well really is from Antonio Brown's perspective, yeah, the offense might not be as high-powered, but I think that's exactly what Antonio Brown had wanted, right? He wants to be the star of the show. That's what he wants, you know? That's what he cares about. He wants to be the guy. So you got your wish. Now you're going to have to carry the offense, you know? And he's great, so he should be able to. Oh, absolutely. To, is that perennial top five option still in play there? I don't know. Another thing, just similar to Juju, we're going to have to wait and see how that turns out. Absolutely. So we'll move right on to... Our number eight wide receiver, um, and this is Mike Evans. And Mike Evans is really a very talented wide receiver, probably a top five talent as as far as the position goes. But his situation is always murky because the quarterback is murky there, the offense is murky there. We're really hoping to see improvement with Bruce Arians there as the head coach. We believe he'll be able to figure out, you know, some of James's big struggles. Like the interceptions that have been nagging his career, really holding him down because Mike Evans, all the talent in the world, we just got to see the quarterback and the whole offense situation in Tampa Bay really improve. With that said, though, he's been dealing with that for a long time, and he consistently is a top 10 fantasy wide receiver. Exactly, and I feel like Mike Evans kind of goes under the radar. He's had over a 1,000 yards all five years that he's been in the NFL. He finishes the wide receiver eight last season going for over 1,500 yards despite that roulette at the quarterback position that the Buccaneers had last year. And now you bring in, like you said, Bruce Arians, which I'm expecting to be an upgrade for that offense. And I think Mike Evans offers you that top five upside, and you can grab him in the second round. I'd be happy to have Mike Evans as my wide receiver one. He's a guy that's going to get you yardage. We've seen him put up big touchdown numbers, and last year, a little stat of the day for you guys. He also had 26 plays that went for 20 or more yards last season. That was just one less than Tyreek Hill, the big play freak that everyone talks about in the NFL. Mike Evans is right there with him in that department. Easy top 10 guy for me. I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes top five. So now coming in at number nine here, we have Bengals wide receiver AJ Green. And it's been a while since we've seen the monster AJ Green year where he goes off for 1,200 plus yards, double digit touchdowns. And I know he's starting to get up there in age. Injuries are a bit of a concern. He played just half the season last year. But I still think that that top level production is in the realm of outcomes for him. It's just that Bengals offense, same thing that we said for Joe Mixon, that causes me some hesitation. Hopefully new head coach Zach Taylor is able to bring some new life to that offense. But I still think that Green is an elite player. And if he stays healthy, same thing as Mike Evans. I wouldn't be surprised if he finishes closer to the top five then we have him here at nine he actually falls at 10 in my rankings yeah and AJ Green is one of those guys he's got all the talent in the world again what spotty quarterback play not the most productive you know offense but when he's on the field the good thing is the offense does run through him so you know as long as he's healthy you can rely on AJ Green he's a big play guy he you know but we'll just move right on to our number 10 wide receiver and that's T.Y. Hilton and you know I feel wrong you know I feel like I should give this to you but I will just say though that what T.Y. offers you is very similar to what the top tier guys offer you you have one of the very best quarterbacks in the NFL throwing to him 
He is one of the top talents in the NFL. He's not as big or as, you know, as flashy as some of the, you know, top tier names like a Julio Jones or Odell Beckham Jr., but he gets the job done. He runs intermediate routes, short and long routes. He pretty much does it all, so the only thing that really, you know, hinders him a little bit is the offense doesn't run through him like the top tier guys. You know, they do have other options in the offense, both in the passing game and in the run game. They don't really force the ball to TY like the other teams do with their top wide receivers. So as good as he is, that's what ha- has him towards the back end of, you know, our top 10. Exactly, yeah. Hilton just doesn't feel as dominant as some of these other guys because the touchdowns are never really there for him. You know he's going to score about 5-7. to seven. So a lot of these other guys, they offer you that double-digit touchdown upside and they feel like dominant wide receiver ones. But even in 2018, when Hilton missed three games due to injuries and then through the end of the season, he was playing through injuries. From week 10 on, he was a top five wide receiver and he wasn't healthy during that span either. He was just toughing it out. He's a really gritty player ended with over 1,200 yards, six touchdowns. Like I said, those double digits aren't going to be there. But the top option on Andrew Luck's offense if he can stay healthy for a full 16 games you'll be very happy with the production that you get out of him and now coming to number 11 we have Chargers wide receiver Keenan Allen and 1100 yards six touchdowns was a little underwhelming for me last season but similar to Hilton the touchdowns have never really been there for Keenan Allen but I do think he's near the top of the NFL in terms of route running abilities and we know when he is on the field Phillip Rivers loves to target him so It's really as simple as that. Give me the guy that always seems to be open on a high-powered offense with the potential to see 150-plus targets. I don't think he's injury-prone or anything like that. I know that was the stigma earlier in his career, but I do think he's a pretty safe lock for solid production, and that's why he slides in at number 11 for me. Yeah, he's got all the talent in the world. Like you said, the thing that you don't like is he's kind of been labeled as an injury-prone kind of guy. Even if he's been a little bit more consistent than you you may believe by the numbers, he kind of has that stigma around his name. That's really what, you know, scares some people off. But we're telling you here at Football MD, guys, pull the trigger. Keenan Allen is a top talent type of guy. He might be overlooked. He's got a great quarterback who throws him the football. Phillip Rivers is a guy who gets overlooked. And rounding out a top 12 is Adam Thielen. And if you remember last year, guys, Mike and I were very adamant about the fact that we were hot. We liked, we liked Adam Thielen just like everybody else. But we were sold on the fact that Stefan Diggs is the more talented wide receiver. I'll actually stand by that, but it doesn't matter. The way they use the system, even though Diggs might be the better talent, Adam Thielen gets open. He's, you know, relied on more often than not. I feel like Kirk Cousins built a nice camaraderie with him. Right? What what did Adam Thielen do? First seven games, eight games, 100 yards 100 receiving yards, or something yeah. like that? Like, incredible. He Now, that doesn't come by, you know being significantly worse than Stephon Diggs. I do think Diggs is the more talented wide receiver. I'll stand by that statement. But I do think Adam Thielen will be the more productive one. So you'll see that in our rankings this year. We have Thielen higher than Diggs. We both did. Um, And... That's why he runs in at 12 with us. Yeah, he's not the type of guy that's going to blow past defenders and scorch down the field, but he's about body control, solid route running, great hands, and he just makes plays. He moves the chains, and he's a reliable piece of the Vikings offense. I don't see that changing. That's the one thing I got to say about him, and that's the part of his game that I love. Chain movers. I talk about it with Mohamed Sanu all the time. You know that when we're not talking fantasy because Sanu's not that relevant in fantasy. But he's a chain mover, man. He does dirty work, and when he catches that ball... He's looking for that yardage marker that says, yo, this is a first down. And that's why I think guys like Kirk Cousins and, you know, whether he had Sam Bradford or Case Keenum the year before, like, that's why they're so comfortable going with Thielen. And now coming to number 13, we have 
I think one of the more polarizing players on this list, and that is Amari Cooper. Now, he was the wide receiver 11 once he went to Dallas, and if you guys have been listening to this podcast, you know that I'm really not buying into that. 55% of his points came in two games. He, Meanwhile, he had 36 yards or fewer in four of his nine games while he went over to Dallas. That's the same type of splits that we were all complaining about when he was still over there in Oakland. I'm not going to deny, I do think it's a better situation now that he's on the Cowboys and he'll now have a full offseason to grow in that offense, but more than half of the games that he played crushed you last year and I just can't get over that. And he was healthy, that's not even worrying about injuries, so I think he's talented, but I've said it, I think on the Under the Microscope Wide Receivers episode, I'm avoiding Amari Cooper, he comes in at number 13 on our consensus, I'm a little bit lower than him here though. And this is where we're definitely going to have a disagreement because... I think he's a top talent wide receiver. I really do. He's still very young. And here's the thing. Yes, I understand that the thing that we were so upset about when he was in Oakland was those splits, right? The fact that he could really be boom or bust. And he pretty much is. He's boom or bust. And yes, you didn't really like to see that when he got to Dallas. But let's paint the picture a little bit with a little bit more detail here. He had years of you know camaraderie built with Derek Carr. And you still still saw those splits. He just got to Dallas. I don't think inconsistency was really alarming to anybody when you come in halfway through the season, you're not part of the game plan, you've never caught passes from this player. So that's honestly a situation where I can forgive that, you know, inconsistency that those splits a little bit. And we'll keep things rolling here. Like I said, we only got two more guys left until we roll until we round out our top 15 for this episode. And, I mean, did we kind of punt here with these two guys coming in at 14, 15? I don't know. Well, it's not that we punted. For some context here, Mike is, well, <laughs> Mike is a little bit higher on Brandon Cooks than Robert Woods. I am vice versa. You guys should know this by now. I have been adamant about the fact that Robert Woods is the best wide receiver on the Rams by a long shot. I do not even think that Brandon Cooks is the second best option on the team. But because of his deep threat ability... He is the second best option for fantasy. That being said, the number one option consistently in the passing game for them is Robert Woods. He runs the intermediate routes. He can run deep routes. He's a chain mover. He's reliable. He has camaraderie with Jared Goff. He really does it all. And I do think he's the toughest guy out of them all. He really rarely misses snaps or games. He plays injured. You know, he just, I love his game. I would love to make him a top 12 wide receiver. Problem is, he's not that physically gifted where I put him up there, but he's a guy just like Amari Cooper who's outside of that wide receiver one ranking, but I have him as a, you know, up a high upside wide receiver two, you know, with the potential of being a lower end wide receiver one, you wouldn't really be surprised, especially because that offer, that offense offers a ton of production. Um, with that said, you know, you guys already know how I felt because I've been adamant about Robert Woods being the number one guy. I will keep moving him up. Yeah, and I have Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods coming in at 15 and 16, respectively, in my own personal rankings. Cooper Cup comes in a little bit lower at number 18, but I have all these guys right around each other. And week by week, it's tough for me to say that the Rams' passing offense will be as amazing as it was in 2018, to the extent where all three wide receivers, Cooks, Woods, and Cup, will be able to finish in the top 20 on a season-long basis. We know it's a possibility, but you kind of have to call your shot with these guys because no matter how good Sean McVay is at calling plays, there's always a chance for regression 
production after the type of season that they just had. So it's possible one of these receivers gets the short end of the stick. That being said, Dan, I know you're a huge Robert Woods guy and he might be the most well-rounded wide receiver for the Rams. However, I still think Brandon Cooks is the safest option. He finished in the top 15 in each of the last four seasons, averaging over 1,100 yards and seven touchdowns. Now, all of these guys are currently going in the fourth round of fantasy drafts, so I think that's solid value. I would value them Cooks, Woods, Cup. You said Cup falls right outside of your top 20, and that's going to be the theme with a lot of these guys we're going to cover on next week's episode. Because once you get outside the top 15, really like 16 guys, I guess. Yeah, yeah, any of these guys, they're, they're all wide receiver threes in my opinion. Some of them have wide receiver two upside. Some have more potential than others. Those are the guys that we're going to try and highlight for you, try and maneuver those waters and let you guys pick the best options out of them. But I mean, if you told me Tyler Boyd's probably going to end up on next week's episode, if you told me he finished in the top 20, or if you told me he ended up outside the top 30 next season, I'm not going to be surprised either way. There are so many options. So that's going to be what we try and navigate for you guys on next week's episode. And what I really realized from doing these rankings is I don't even want to say the top 15. Once I got outside the top eight or nine guys, yeah. I hate it's real murky. wide receivers. Yeah. It's all of them. I, there's guys that I wouldn't be surprised to finish in the top 12 or outside the top 15, inside the top 15, outside the top 30. These guys are all over the place. The variance is insane. And I think it's kind of close to the running back position for the first time in, I don't even know the last time it was this way, where there's the top guys at the position that you really want to secure. And outside of that, you know, there's upside. There's Except the difference between the running back position is outside the top guys, there's really nothing. Nothing. (laughs) At the wide receiver position, you get outside the top guys, and it's this murky Murky, waters of wide receiver threes that some of them might be busts and useless for fantasy. Some of them, you could be happy you drafted them, they could win you your league. Which is definitely the more valuable information, right? Like, you know, not that we don't believe that our top 12 or top 15 is important, but at the same time, if you compare it to, we all know who the best wide receivers in the league are, right? So the top, like Mike said, the top 8, 10 come pretty easily that's where it starts to get murky the back end guys is where you guys really want to tune in because we're going to navigate the waters of you know who's going to be consistent who's going to be more boom or bust and you know sometimes you're going to want to pair those guys you're going to want to find a consistent option as a wide receiver two and then you're going to want to find a boomer bust wide receiver three option and pair those guys together you don't want to take two risky guys and then two really safe guys you know so we'll be giving you that insight next week yeah one last note that i want to leave you guys with is don't necessarily take our specific number by number rankings as law that's just the order that we're presenting these players to you to keep this episode organized and do the same thing for every podcast or article that you guys read go through our rankings and read what we say about each player and make those decisions for yourselves we're just giving our rankings that's the way that we personally value these guys but the information that we're giving you you could use that in your own way so make your own rankings based off the information that we're giving you guys that's going to make you a better fantasy player that's going to help you make better decisions and use our rankings to supplement your decision making that's the number one thing I could give you guys. And that's all that we have for you guys on episode 58 of the Football MD Podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in one more time. Make sure you're following us on social media at Football MD Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Heading over to FootballMDPodcast.com. Keeping up with all of the articles and rankings that we're going to have coming out throughout the entire offseason. And one last time, make sure that you're tuning in next week as we wrap up our wide receiver rankings. And then the following week as we finish up our early ranking series doing tight ends. And of course, we're going to be revising these rankings as the offseason progresses. So make sure you're tuning in every single week, getting all of the football and fantasy football knowledge that you guys need. But again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Until next time. Thank you guys. See you next week.